Welcome to Hashtag Just Talk with me, your host, Robert Crane. Shout out to Comic Relief and Groundwork who support our support in our work with Hashtag Just Talk. Help bringing people together through football. I am joined today by the fabulous, the one, the only, Mark Anthony Smith. How are you, mate? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. I'm always optimistic, always happy to be here. You never know what each show is going to bring. So, uh, Mark... Introduce yourself a little bit. Hi, so um, as you said, my name is Mark Anthony Smith. I am a PhD history student at the University of Leicester um, and private tutor when I'm not ill. Uh, And in terms of grassroots football, I am the club secretary for CSM London Sunday sides and also the league secretary for the Hackney and Leighton Sunday Football League who play over at the historic Hackney Marshes. Brilliant, brilliant. We all love the marshes. So, Mark, uh, do you not play uh, at all yourself? Or No, I've not been able to play since I was 19, which was a long nine and a half years ago. I have chronic knee pain in both my knees. So, essentially, that means that my knees are in constant agony and every waking moment is incredibly painful, unfortunately. Um, it stopped me from playing football at a very young age. So... Um, when I was about 21, uh, my good friend, Mr. Robert Crane, introduced me um, to the concept of um, taking part in Sunday League football on the sidelines as a club secretary. And um, ever since then, it's been a very fun and enjoyable ride. Um, and I didn't think that I would get to the position that I'm in today, league secretary, especially at such a young age. So... Um, yeah, I've been. It's been a great journey, just not the one that I originally thought I would take. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, Mark. I'm going to drop the host thing, and I kind of need to put my friend hat back on because I don't know. I was I was thinking back today, even planning this podcast, and I thought I think back to the time where we uh, we all met a little small seven aside team, which was a grassroots thing over the Dave Beckham Academy, and I think the only thing we had in common is that we both supported Leighton Orient, and even now I still find it oh. very bizarre how. We are really good good friends just to come and met through grassroots football. Yeah, you and I did not have, let's say, the most, um, the greatest of starts when we started um, beating one, one another when we were playing alongside each other. I could not stand you at the time. But through the love of Leighton Orient and then slowly getting to know each other properly uh, for about, let's say, two years before we started um our own football club together, slowly, slowly grew into what I now consider one of the best friendships of my life. And to be honest, I wouldn't be where I am, especially in grassroots football, without your support. And I'm thankful for that every single day of my life. Well, I very much appreciate your kind words, but I'm going to have to put the bromance to bed. Otherwise, we're going to be here all day. And, you know, we could probably speak for a good six hours, just about random stuff, especially in grassroots football with ourselves. But... Uh, You've mentioned the knee injury. You've mentioned a few things about happy marshes and your to do with CSM and the league. So can you just elaborate on that? So what are you actually doing with the league at the moment? So at the moment, I am the league secretary. Everything has obviously been thrown into absolute chaos due to COVID. Not only that as well, but we've lost three of our committee members, including both the chairman and vice chairman, um, 
over the past um, over the past year and a half, um, which has obviously been incredibly devastating for us, and we've lost a lot of um, incredible manpower. Um, so at the moment, a lot of it is just us trying to slowly rebuild and get ourselves back to normal. But unfortunately, it's been proven to be incredibly difficult just to even get games going ahead because of the um, because of the pandemic. Um, it's just been a very tough time for everyone. And all I want to do alongside the league is just be able to say we can get games going ahead no matter what form we can do that in. Because grassroots football means so much to hundreds and thousands of people who play over in the marshes. Just going off the cosh of again, you know, we, we spoke about we spoke about the league trying to get games on and stuff like that. This podcast is directly to people probably within the Hatley and Leighton League, mainly. So what is does what are we waiting for? Obviously we for this to disappear, but who gets the final say on it? Is it the government? Is it the FA? Is it grassroots football itself? Or it, It's the government in order to stop the lockdowns and then impose the tier systems. The FA for then allowing us to be able to play games. And then it's the, league, it's the um, decisions of the leagues. So it's we're pretty much the third in terms of the choice. Um, but obviously at the moment, it's looking like we're not going to get games to March at the earliest based on um, governmental re- recommendations and when lockdown ends. Uh, well, fun. Well, today's date is uh, February the 1st, so probably another six weeks or so till we can actually play again. But um, yeah. as you know, we're not all born into these great positions. To get on the league at Hackney and Leighton, I can imagine, onto the league, sorry, to the committee at Hackney and Leighton, I can imagine it's quite a, an achievement. But how did you actually get there? What what was the ambition to get there? What what I don't know. What knocked the door down for you to get in? So I did a league. So I did club secretary at that point, off and on for about seven, six, seven years at that point. And as much as I love doing my work with my Sunday lads and um, just take, just trying to help the club grow as much as possible, I wanted to further hone my skills. Um, in other ways as well and give back to grassroots and with the Hackney and Leighton League it was always something that I had in the back of my mind to try and move on to get speed and give back and try and help like the same and club I think it would happen But especially because on the committee, I'm people's junior by about 40, 50 years. Um, so it was a huge shock when I asked and it was accepted. But I've been trying to do as the best I can ever since. And yeah, it's not been easy, not with my own health issues and not with or everything else that's been going on. But it's been a fun journey. And to be honest, I think that... Um, Arguably, it's easier to run the league than it is to run run CSM, my own football team, which I think is quite hilarious. But it's something I've noticed over the past uh, past year or so. Well, you know, I'm just going back to our last guest, Jordan McKell. You know, he's he plays centre back, and obviously, a sense of achievement for him would probably be keeping a clean sheet for myself. 
probably just getting on the pitch would be a sense of achievement. But <laughs> for yourself in the position you're in, what you know, what keeps you going? What makes you think, right, we've done well there? What, what's the where, where do you get your sense of achievement from? In terms of in terms of the club, CSM London, it's the growth and the the building towards something bigger. So whenever we get, whenever we've been able to form a new uh, side, whenever we've got the promotions, whenever we've been able to achieve something on the pitch, that's when that's what drives me. And I wanted to continuously see this club grow to a point where it has multiple squads over all age groups. Um, for, for um, both genders as well, and just grow into an a- absolute um, unit in grassroots football. One of the, hopefully one of the um, landmark achievements within um, grassroots football in the community in terms of happening late in the league. What strives, uh, what I strive for is two things: one, the opportunity to give any team a chance to. Um, play over the marshes and um, allow as much growth in terms of um, in terms of teams, in terms of numbers, to just get more people into grassroots football. And on the other side as well, I want the Hampton Lane League to live up to its historic reputation and be the the best Sunday um, Sunday football league, not only just in London but in the country. And that's a lofty long-term goal, but I believe that over time and helping teams develop and also giving opportunities to others, slowly that will be a reality. Um, and that's what I strive for, just development. For the, uh, for the sake of the podcast, I need you to uh, pretend I'm a total stranger and we've, we're just not friends because it's very easy for us to get caught up in our own minds where I know more stuff than the viewers do you know mm-hmm. so where did it all start what was the first club what made you what did you achieve well I say what do we achieve you know because if I carry on this podcast the viewers ain't gonna really know why we have been together in, in grassroots football so what was your first role in grassroots football and what made you want to continue it so my first role in grassroots football was as club secretary for a team that Rob and I formed called Late and Orient Fans Trust, um, often referred to as LOF. Um, we started in the fourth division of the Huntley and Leighton League. And to be fair, like although the team wasn't great, um, we had so much fun doing it. Like it was that season was one of my favourite seasons I've ever had, just because it we had such a tight uh, knit group. The fact is, some of those players are still with us today, even seven years on, which is amazing. And one of them is even the manager of the Sunday, the Sunday first team, uh, Ricky McKenna. So we built proper, real, lasting friendships out of that side. And um, obviously, we we were your typical team: turn up in the morning, get smashed or smash another team, then go back to the pub and spend the rest of it there. And yeah, it was incredibly fun. The only reason why it was not able to continue on beyond that first season was because I had to put personal interests at the forefront so I can um, go and um, apply for my doctorate, which I was able to get within the first um, six months of trying, which was quite impressive as well and fortunate where I am today. Um, 
took another year after that before I got back into football with a club called Downs, who's associated with the fans of um, Clapton CFC, or as they are now. Um, it was that we played in the Essex Corinthian League for the first season in Prem. That did not go so well. So we moved back over to the Hackney and Leighton League and started in the third division. Uh, won the title and the Junior Cup, which is the Division 3 and 4 Cup within the first season. Moved up to the second division, uh, won promotion from the second division into the first, and then the team broke away from the Flanders of Clapton, who moved on to focus on Clapton uh, CFC. And we merged with CSM London, who I was the assistant manager for the first season when they won promotion and a cup as well. So um, it's been a it's been a long journey, both in terms of my development, trying to work, sort out my um, university life, while at the same time balancing that with grassroots football. But I'm it's fair to say that I'm, it's been a an amazing journey that I wouldn't trade for anything, to be honest. I think, yeah, I wonder, I think a lot of people know us. It's crazy, you know, that whole loft year that we had. I think it was, even though it was just a grassroots football club, it was a silly club that not many people cared about. But for us, it was, there was friendships, you know. It was friendships we still have today, friendships we don't really forget about, you know. I think I could probably sit here and name every single player that we had at some point. Mm. Just to the fact that I still some somehow have a relationship with them now you know it was I don't want to take nothing away from CSM or any other club but for Loft that was the definition of grassroots football for me that was you know we turned up we as you said we either got smashed or we smashed a team we went somewhere else we enjoyed ourselves and we just built relationships with people and again I think even sitting at home during these COVID times I do think back in them times and I think oh don't get me wrong, I do love CSM and what we're doing, you know, but it's just that little bit too serious. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I me. mean, back then, I was 21 years old and you were 20 and we had made our own football team. And this was my first ever time going into grassroots football at any stage whatsoever. Never played it, um, you know, never really been over the marshes before that. And... It was a massive learning experience for me, like especially because I, 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 I'm not your atypical um, guy who gets into grassroots football at all. And especially at that time, it was very jarring um, to be around new players and to slowly integrate. It was massive learning curve. Yeah. Massive. So it was the biggest learning curve I've ever had in terms of grassroots football. But... Over time, I slowly got used to it. I slowly got, slowly gained a very quick understanding of grassroots football, how to, how to run the club in behind the scenes, um, slowly build friendships with people on the committee who I'm now working alongside. Um, it was a very, it was, it was a tough year. I'd say it's the second toughest year I've had in grassroots football outside of Dan's being in the Essex Corinthian. But it was it was so much fun. I can't stress enough how much fun it was. 
and being able to just have that journey with you was just it was just amazing like i i as my i'm i am happier to be at csm purely because you know i want those long-term goals but for the first club for that first attempt yeah it was fun so much fun I just want to elaborate on the point of to the fact that if anyone at CSM is listening, I think for us, we probably do have the same here. It's only until we lost, lost Loft as a grassroots football club, we realised what we had. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, definitely. Which I still, have, I still have the same vibe with the CSM boys and the committee and stuff like that. But I just think because we've lost it, we missed it. You know we, what I mean? We, you know, we've now we appreciate we didn't realise what we time, had. Yeah, it was, it, especially because we were we were very young. Like, I can't stress enough. Like, as yeah. a 21-year-old and a 20-year-old, starting a football club is not the easiest thing in the world, no matter what level you do it at. And we we learned really quickly <laughs> how much of it, how much work it was going to be. But what made it what made it fun was the the times that we spent together with the players and the friendships that we built because they. Even just with each yeah, other, exactly. we'd meet up and just get we'd get the things out of the way, and then we just spoke. Yeah. We just kind of got to know each other quite a bit on a professional, like, professional and friendship. Yeah, level. like we, as I said, like we did not see eye to eye, and there was a lot of times, even when we at loft, that you tried to wind me up, um, and vice versa. And yeah, it took it did take me a while to to fully understand you. Now, nowadays, it's it's so easy to just talk to you, even when you're angry or upset. I didn't know exactly. I, th- I, know yeah, exactly. I think this is the problem with having you as a guest. It's I'm going to have to speak to Anise and <laughs> try and have you on for maybe a bonus episode because I feel like we could talk about so many grassroots stories that would be relevant for this pod and it would we could just go on and on. But trying to keep this to a certain yeah. Half an hour max, which we do aim for. I know it doesn't have to be, but we do aim for for the listener. Be short and sweet, like myself. But yeah, let's move on to the elephant in the room. So, COVID nineteen. Yeah. How does this affect you? And just yeah, we just I know it's affected you quite a bit for for the sake of the yeah. business. How is it? So you? I was diagnosed with COVID nineteen in March, April twenty nineteen. Um, didn't have the chest pains or the cough, thankfully, but um, I had really bad fatigue with it. Um, basically, my dad works in the NHS as a porter. He caught it at work, brought it home, gave it to the rest of us. Um, that was fun. Those two weeks were so... They were tough to get through. The weirdest thing of all is that the coronavirus is so debilitating that I could not actually feel the pain in my knees, which I, which is the most bizarre thing to come out of this. It actually took, once I got rid of the coronavirus, it actually took me about three days to readjust to the pain because it had been numb that much. Um, so I had the coronavirus, thought I was over it within two weeks, and um, it developed into long COVID symptoms, namely fatigue. A fatigue so bad that I literally woke up at five past midnight to record this conversation because I had been asleep since about four o'clock this afternoon. I have no control over my sleep and I can fall asleep in random places, including one time that I actually fell asleep during a game for CSM London Saturday side and I was literally 
perched up on the cage around the edge of the AstroTurf and, yeah, just fell asleep randomly. And that was when I knew how bad it really was. Fortunately, most of the time I spent at home, mainly to rest up my knees anyway. So I always had a bed to just lie down. But when I tried to go out in public, um, proved to be a bit dangerous. And a conversation I had with a doctor on Thursday really worried me because she said that I should have been hospitalised multiple times over the last year or so. And it's through the support that I've had at home that I've not been not had to have gone that far, thankfully. But it really did put a lot of things into perspective. Well, it's crazy because I know this is going to sound stupid, but you know, if and if COVID hadn't been around, you probably would have gone into hospital. But then it kind of defeats what I'm saying because you wouldn't have had COVID. But yeah, for the sake of I get this, what you mean. For the sake of this, this is how COVID has kind of affected you again because you can't physically go into the no. hospital where it's. You know what I'm saying. You can't physically go in. It's not only that as well, but because of the damage that that long COVID has done to my body, I am now very immune to regular illnesses. I I have an inability to fight them off. So if I did go out anywhere and I caught something even as simple as the flu, my body might not be able to fight it the way it used to, and that would be incredibly problematic for all these reasons. How was was COVID-19 affecting you mentally? Because I think for myself, I'll keep this because I've been relative quite lucky. I think I think the only thing that did scare me the most back in I'd say late February, early March, when I think I did have it. Obviously, I'm quite a young lad. I'm quite healthy. I'm quite fit. I don't know about fit, but anyway, regardless, I feel I think I well I kind of know I had it now because I had no taste, no smell. The back of the eyes were killing me and stuff. I think we was all a bit yeah. stubborn towards it. It was all a bit like, oh, it won't happen to us, stuff like that. I think the thing that scared me the most, I was going to and from my parents' house to then go and visit my child. And it was, I kind of was spreading it between my family. Well, both yeah. my families, yeah, you know what I mean? Really. I think even look even back then, you were just like, oh, it's just cold. I had even people telling me, oh, no, get over it. It's just a headache, it's just a cold. You know, testing wasn't mm. available, stuff like that. But I think, again, you can see where I feel guilty because I'm trying to make it sound acceptable to the listeners. But that's, I think that's the only thing I've been relatively lucky where it's affected me mentally. But for yourself, where you've had it and it's physically affected you uh, physically, how is it? uh, It's been torture, basically. Um, I suffer with depression anyway due to the amount of pain that my knees are in. Um, it's cost me about nine months of being able to be at uni and do my research. Um, so it's, it's a long-standing problem that I had, but when I realised that the coronavirus had, had developed into long COVID, I suffered a really bad depression. Um, I mean, it was bad enough. I mean, I literally couldn't get out of bed or do anything and... It was bad enough when it was just my knees causing that. But when I had another long-term illness on top of it, um, just the combination of the knees and the coronavirus, it it still gets to me. It's still tough, um, especially because it stops me from doing so much. Most importantly, I've been I've not been able to see my partner of six years 
um, as much as I would have wanted to. And obviously that's been incredibly tough on both of us. Um, and it is just a case of not even living day to day, but living minute by minute and just hoping, just hoping that I'm in a good enough position just for those brief couple of minutes to focus on my research in terms of my doctorate or do odd jobs for the football club or whatever else. Even even this phone conversation, I've had to build up a lot of energy to do this, even just in terms of sleeping before doing this. Um, it's been it's just been incredibly stressful, incredibly tough. But fortunately, I've had a good support network around me, the support of my parents, the support of my partner, even if it's been over long distance via the phone, support of my friends like you, and then the medical support I've received as well, which has been incredibly helpful. And hopefully moving forward, um, we'll be able to figure out what the exact cause of the long COVID is and how that, can be, um, how that can be treated, especially in terms of the damage that is done to my body, essentially. At least that can be treated, unlike my knees. Talking, talking about moving forward, look, we're coming to the end of the podcast now, which, again, we could sit here and talk a lot more about stuff like this and grassroots football. But my main point is, what is, what is grassroots football to you, and how does it help So you? grassroots football is my way of using the skills that I've developed as a historian and then applying them to something different and something practical, something that I've loved ever since I was a child and that was football. By being part of grassroots football, it really helps me come out of my shell, especially being with people that I would not have naturally um, spoken to. Um, Even in terms of the fact that a lot of my players, we went to school together, but we never really spoke or socialised at all now we socialise every time we meet up when we go when we play a match and then go to you know spend time together afterwards I've really changed as a person because of grassroots football I'm a better person because I've taken part in grassroots football and the fact is that I would not be who I am today without it and I appreciate every moment every moment that I've been a part of grassroots football even the good stuff and the tough times, it's all been worth it. And I just can't wait back, wait until we get back and I can sit or stand on the sidelines and um, see everyone play football once again. 100%, mate. 110%. We're going to end it there. Look, if anyone's listening, I do want to hear more on this because me and Mark could speak for ages if you want a part two which is a little bit longer which we you know we can bring it up as a tad we can just even take it deeper if he's wanted to hit CSM up on Twitter let them know you want a bit more hit up just talk on Twitter let us know because I've been more than happy to do it I'm pretty sure Mark because he's a pretty open guy and gives him a bit of attention <laughs> that he loves and thrives on but guys I've been your host Robert Crane that was episode two of Just Talk that was Mark Anthony Smith. Yeah, Thank much you break. very much for coming on, mate. And guys, don't forget, if you do need to speak out, you can contact us anonymously. I'll put the email address in the bio or the description. Sorry, I always say bio. <laughs> I even do it on my YouTube channel. But guys, anyway, have a great week.